Hello everyone. Welcome to Heaven's Lighthouse Ministry. As the word says, we shall come into his presence with singing and into his courts with praise and overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. They had a, a Zoom conference going on and this person was uh, all decked out in his tie and um and a nice shirt but he was in his underpants and at some point in the meeting he, he forgot and he stood up <laughs> so praise god that has not happened to us you know <clears throat> and i got pants on and we're all covered so you know all of these little things that are going that are happening uh not, nothing compared to this guy because i don't think he hosted one more meeting since that time yeah so nothing is wrong with um you know having a, a laugh in the house of god right yeah. Uh, the the joy of the Lord is my strength. That's what there's a scripture that says that, right? Mm -hmm. So we're really excited about um, just uh, when we come to the presence of the Lord, there's so much expectation, so many things to look forward to. In, in other words, we're cultivating the relationship that each and every one of us should have with Jesus Christ in a real way, right? And, and in, a, in, a, in a real experiential way, not just uh, out of uh, religion or anything like that. And, uh, you know, each and every time I come here, I feel that I have a presence of the Lord. And that just gives me assurance that um, the Holy Spirit is just giving me assurance that this is all, all of him. So thank you guys for um, coming on again. And we have been discussing some very um, basic things <laughs> about the, the, the doctrine of um, the foundational principles of the Christian faith. We could actually determine how to get, how to get your prayers answered. How is it that you get your prayers answered? Why is it that there is so much ambiguity, so much confusion, not only about Christianity, but about religion in general? And how is it that it's so clearly articulated in scripture, and yet still there is so much confusion? So we have been going to the word of God and debunking the myth and, and, and all of those type of things. And, and, you know, we really want to get our prayers answered. We want, really want to know if, you know, if, if Jesus Christ is real, I mean, it's for some people, it's at, at that level. They're still wondering, um, you know, how real is this? Does he know me by name? Can I have a relationship with him? Can I hear his voice? Can I have clarity in regards to, you know, the different confusing things that are out there in regards to religion and even in regards to the Christian um, belief? And, you know, the, the, what we're going through about the foundational things of the Christian faith, well, some of the things that we went through just really quick over the last um, couple of weeks, just to just to reflect, and uh, I'm just going to go back to the beginning. Right? So we started off talking about the foundational things. And just like Jesus um, spoke about, the, you know, he compared natural things to spiritual things in giving us um, direction on how to construct a spiritual house. And this can be done, like, really, really quick. Right, you you're trying to accomplish something. How do you want it? How, how soon do you want it to happen? As soon as possible, right? Mm -hmm. So we start off talking about our repentance from dead works, and we know that one of the most essential things when it comes down to the Christian faith is repentance, repenting of our sins, and then repenting of the idea that somehow we can be righteous without God. It's just not going to happen. <clears throat> it's only the blood of Jesus Christ that can allow us to have right standing with the Father. That's that's um, there are many scriptures that um, and we went through uh, those things. So that's where we want to start off with repentance. And we talk about faith towards God. Now we begin to put our faith in Jesus Christ, not in the different um, things that we can 
earthly things that we can, maybe in family, maybe in our finances, in our jobs, we feel as secure based, based on the job security that we have. And that's not always um, laid out in scripture. Faith towards God. So in every year of your life, you're beginning to be dependent on God. So you have to know what is written in the scripture because there's a system by which God operates his kingdom. Jesus said, my, my kingdom is not of this world. So we have to go into the word of God and begin to find out what is actually written there and then begin to apply these things rather than doing, um, trying to achieve spiritual breakthrough or um, through intellectual means. And that's where the failure, that's where the failure is. And that's where the confusion is. Right, so we have to get to the Word of God. So last week we were talking about the doctrine of baptisms. And we know one of the um, things that prerequisites to being a follower of Jesus Christ is being baptized. And we're going to move on this week and we're talking about the, the laying on of hands. The ministry of the laying on of, of hands. Uh, and we're reading, but I wonder, I want, before I started that, I just wanted to uh, read a couple of uh, scriptures here. That I, um, you know, I, I, the Holy Spirit put a, a few scriptures on my on my heart over the last few days, and I just want to read a, a couple of scriptures. And I'm going to read from the first one. I'm going to read is from Joshua one, verses seven and eight. So that's Joshua one, seven and eight. And you can turn there. You know, write these. Uh, write as the, this scripture says to write these things on your heart as we're going to read shortly. So, I'm reading from verses seven, and it says. It says, uh, and this is Joshua giving uh, in, um, the Lord giving instructions to Joshua. It says, only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. And he goes, turn not from it to the right, right hand or to the left, that thou, is, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. And verses 8, it says, this book of the law shall not depart of out of thy mouth. But, shall, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. And that's it. This is uh, all of the confusion in Christianity is in regards to that one scripture there. It's, it's like five-year-old um, clear. The issue that man has, mankind has been having with God since thousands of years ago is one of disobedience. So mankind has a, an idea of how he wants to live his life and he wants God to support it. And God goes, uh, never. And, it, and, and that's why we, we, we lack in having um, answered prayers and so forth because we're not committed to what is actually written in Scripture. Uh, next Scripture is uh, Luke 6, 46. So that's Luke 6 and verses uh, 46. That's your mark and then uh, Luke. Luke 6 and verses 46 and it says and why call ye me Lord Lord and do not the things which I say whosoever cometh to me and hear my sayings and do it them I will show you to whom he is like so Old Testament New Testament it's very consistent in other words it's about obedience so everything that we have spoken about, we talk about, we spoke about uh, discipleship and the cost of discipleship. We spoke about repentance, repentance from dead works and faith towards God with baptism in the Holy Spirit and then being led by the Spirit. And in Romans 8, it says, 
as many as are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. So that's those are the prerequisites to be a disciple, a disciple of Jesus Christ. Now, when you're obedient, when you're a disciple of Jesus Christ and you have subjected your life to him and you're being led by the spirit, then your prayers will be answered. That is that does that mean that God does not have mercy on you in between that time? It does not mean that necessarily mean that. But the Bible says that the goodness of God is to lead you to repentance. So if you have not repented and you're still alive, then that goodness that is allowing you to be alive is to lead you to repentance now. That's 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 um, the gospel um, right there. It's very very simplified. So the idea when we come into the faith, uh, you know, we want to have an encounter with Jesus Christ and verify that He's real. And 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 it says in the book of Jeremiah that you will seek seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. So He's just giving you the key to find Him, not to find Him in Scripture, but to have an experience and encounter with Him. And the, and and if you now find Him, in other words, you prove that this Jesus Christ is real then now you know that his words is real and his promises are also real. In other words, he's also going to, he, you now find out that you are not just a physical being, you're a spirit being, and that you're going to live on uh, in eternity, some way, shape, or form. Whether you live on in eternity in hell or you live on in eternity in heaven. And the way to live on in eternity in heaven is through Jesus Christ, because we're all from the Adamic bloodline and Adam's sin in the Garden of Eden. And man fell from the relationship and the fellowship that they had with God. And Jesus Christ came and died on the cross and paid for, um, you know, our restoration. And under the old covenant, if we read it, when we read the old covenant, we see that whenever there is a sin, there has to be a payment for sin. And man, mankind could not afford to pay. It was too expensive. Right? Uh, but anyway, God, out of his goodness and his mercy, provided a way after Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden for man to fellowship with him by allowing man to transfer his sins on a bull, on a goat, on a ram. And that, but man continued to sin year after year after year. And that was inferior. So, so but God had an eternal plan, a, a plan once and for all to solve this issue of sin. And that plan was to put himself in the form of a human, come unto the earth and die as a lamb for every human being once and for all. So the minute you go, Jesus, I repent of my sins. I invite you in my heart and I want you to be take lordship of my life. Then the Bible says that your name is written in the book of life. And that's it. And now you begin to have an exchange. You begin to learn the things that Jesus has written, that he spoke about, that he spent three years on this earth in ministering. And uh, it was recorded by the Holy Spirit through men as a testament. And it was performed, God performed signs, wonders, and miracles to confirm that the words that Jesus Christ was speaking was true. So he can prove these things. And this is the way, no, you, you, you get away from the old man. The world system of just constantly chasing mammon, money. And you don't even know when you're going to die and leave the whole thing anyways. And then you have no assurance of your eternity without Jesus Christ. So this world system actually teaches us and, um, to operate from the intellect, from the fallen man, the Adamic man, the fallen man, the sin man. And this is the fight that every person on the planet is actually fighting. And we're blessed this morning to be here, having the knowledge of Jesus Christ inside of us. And we, God wants us to um, strengthen our faith 
so we, you can use us in ministry. <clears throat> so we're establishing these foundational truths. We're going over them again, like we're saying, because we want to move on into perfection. And these truths that I'm um, teaching now, many of you guys are going to be teaching them to others and establishing them in the Christian faith. And to the degree that you actually absorb them, believe them, and begin to communicate them is to the degree that you will actually see people's lives being transformed and people beginning to have encounters with Jesus Christ. And you can begin to see the power of God move through you to heal, to deliver, to set free. Salvation. I was, I had this friend, I was, um, I was speaking to him about maybe four months ago, I got back into contact with him on Facebook and I led him to the Lord sometime this week. And he was a, kind of like a dreadlocks, like long dreadlocks. And he's saying that he, you know, more of a Rastafarian thing, but you know, the Lord uh, pointed him to me and I began to minister Jesus Christ to him. And I prayed for him and he got a multiple breakthrough and he was, and he realized that this is actually real. So I, you know, I was talking to him a few days ago because he kept on calling me back. He's all the way in Jamaica. He kept on calling me back and communicating me, with me and asking me for more. He is saying that he wish he could be around um, me because whenever I speak, it's different from the other ministers. That's not to say that you know there are not good ministers out there because there are so many. But when you're being legit, when you're being real, and you're communicating to people, the life force that is coming out from you, they, if they have any openness, if they have a heart to repent, they're going to come to Jesus. So it's for all of us. So, so he repented of his sins. He accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord and his Savior, uh, just like that, over the phone. And we all can do that, right? So that's what we are talking about uh, last week about uh, the Holy Spirit and be filled with the, with the Holy Spirit. So this week we're going to go on into the ministry of the laying on of hands. And I'm going to read from uh, Acts 14 and verses 3. I'm, I'm trying to be a little bit slow because, uh, you know, sometimes I think I just race a little bit too fast trying to save the world. Something <laughs> I have to slow down to speed up. So I'm trying to slow down so I can speed up. Because it's the only Jesus guess he looks to see the world. It's not me, right? So it says here, Long time therefore abode they speaking boldly in the Lord, which gave testimony unto the word of his grace, and granted signs and wonders to be done by their hands. By their hands. So the power of God was being dispensed through their hands. The laying on of hands is accompanied by prayer or prophecy. So when you're... When you're praying for a person, for example, you could, let's say they're having a headache, you could uh, touch them on the head, and you could impart the uh, healing power of God into them for their healing through laying on of hands. And this actually started from the Old Testament. So laying on of hands in the Old Testament was used for, for the following purposes. Transference of spiritual blessings or authority, one. Public confirmation of a spiritual blessing or, or authority received from God. And three, commitment to God for a special ministry. And we see three Old Testament examples illustrate, illustrate these purposes of laying on of hands. So what we're doing is, um, yes, I'm saying this, and then we're, we're looking to the scriptures. And we're seeing the examples of this happening in, in scripture, which now can begin to give us confidence that this is something that is from God. That's what we were saying last week, that many people are, some people are afraid of the Holy Spirit because there's, they're afraid, uh, okay, this is a supernatural thing. You know, normally somebody's coming to my home, they knock on the door, I open the door, I can see them. And here I am allowing some power, some entity to come and um, take over me. I'm scared. But we know that the Bible is the inspired word of God. 
and we and the scripture backs it up so jesus was saying that if you ask me for a serpent will he give you will i give you a stone and he said how much more will your will your heavenly father give the holy spirit to them who ask so now that give you what empowerment confidence that this is something that god is actually saying and now you can say you can you can close your eyes and say lord fill me with your holy spirit, with your spirit and you can receive that holy spirit you can speak in tongues and you can have confidence uh, about it because you know what it is that you're doing so in genesis 48 verses 14 it says and israel um israel stretched out his hand and laid it upon Ephraim's head who was the younger and his left hand on Manasseh's head, guided, guiding his hands willingly, for Manasseh was the firstborn. So we see uh, Jacob here blessing his two grandchildren, and for do in doing so, he actually laid his hand on them, and he imparted a spiritual blessing on them. You know, you can, for example, when someone dies, you know, they can actually leave an inheritance to their children or, or, or to someone in their family or wherever they want to, and that. And they come into something that they didn't um, work for necessarily. And it's the same thing here. Spiritual blessings can be imparted to you. And they are, they are imparted through faith and even through the laying on of hands. Another uh, example is the Levites. The Levites were ordained by God to serve the congregation of Israel as spiritual leaders. In this position, they represented the people before God. The laying on of hands was confirmation by the people of the Levites' authority before God. So when God is call, causing a, a person to calling a person to be a, a pastor, an evangelist, uh, or a prophet, or an apostle, it's not just mental knowledge or intellectual knowledge that they need. They need um, an empowerment that can only come from God. And in Numbers 8, verses 10, it says, And thou shalt bring the Levites before the Lord, and the children of Israel shall put their hands upon the Levites. When this, when this thing actually happens, there is a, uh, uh, an empowerment that actually comes on you. Like myself, like I was saying, I was, bit, I was working full-time in sales, and I was doing real estate, and then, uh, you know, I was going to church and uh, working, uh, helping out in the church as an usher and so forth like that, but I wasn't a minister. I wasn't the um, guy on the podium, and I wasn't even close to the podium. I made sure I, sit, I stayed right to the back, right? Eh? Because I was like, uh, you know, they, there was nothing inside of me. But then at, at a certain point, God began to say that you're called to be a Levite. And it took me a while to say, okay. But I felt, I felt that there was such a desire for God that there must be a way to express all of this fire. I'm gonna, else I'm going to burn myself up with all of this uh, energy that I'm feeling for God. But, so, but no, God had to um, impart me with the um, ability to do so, to minister, to actually... I didn't have a, a lot of time. Like many people, they've been reading the Bible a lot since they were my, maybe very young, maybe teenagers in their 20s and so forth. I was not exactly doing that. So I had to get into the Word and the things I've got like very, very quick. So I, I begin to um, study the Word. I begin to watch a lot of pastors and so forth like that. And I begin to pray um, and ask the Lord uh, to help me. Even though he's the one who spoke about this thing, still, yes, I have to cooperate or else it's not going to happen. Right? So that's how, no, I'm in the, I ended up in this position along with um kim both of us were were i mean the same she probably spent more time um going to church than i did but i had to catch up really really quick another example is um numbers 27 verses 18 and it says here uh, you know as moses approached the end of his early ministry he asked the lord to appoint a new leader over israel and, and Numbers 27, 18 to 20 says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Take 
thee, Joshua, the son of Nun, a man in whom is the spirit, and lay thine hand upon him, and set him before Eleazar the priest, and before all the congregation, and give him a charge in their sight. And verses 22 says, And thou shalt put some of thine honor upon him, that all the congregation of the, of the children of Israel may be obedient. So when this um, ability comes on you, this supernatural ability, in other words, you, previously you're not even praying for people, let alone praying for people for them to, be get, to get healed. And now you're praying for people and they're getting healed. Supernatural things begin to happen through your um, hands. Then all of a sudden people begin to look at, look at you in a different way and say, oh, so there's, a, there's something um, about this person. There's a calling on them. There's a, a power on them. God is using this person. And now you can begin to trust that person in regards to the things of God. And, and uh, verses, uh, and it says here, And Moses did, did as the Lord commanded him. And he took Joshua and set him before Eleazar the priest and before all the congregation. And he laid his hands upon him and gave him a charge as the Lord commanded by the hand of Moses. So you're going to see when that when it's truly done the proper way, right? It's, uh, when it's truly organized by the Spirit of God that a person is anointed to become a, a pastor. Maybe, uh, you, for example, you were working in the secular world and now you're a pastor and God says you're going to be a pastor. And you go, oh, do I preach? So when they lay hands on you and pray for you, you can be imparted with an ability and all of a sudden you're on the podium quoting scriptures sometimes that you don't even know and saying things that is being fed you by the Spirit of God. I mean, a lot of things that I'm actually speaking, I go over the, the message a little bit within the week, but when I begin to speak, it takes on a life of its own. And the things that are actually coming out of my mouth, I'm not hearing them for the first time. It's very crazy, yeah? So that's why, um, this is why I know that this is this has nothing like to do with me. That's not, the Bible said to study to find yourself approved unto God. A workman that needed not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So we're not saying that you shouldn't um, study. You should study and get in the Word. You have to do that. God's not going to come and do that part for you. But the, the Holy Spirit is the one that gives life to that now. In other words, that um, power, many of you have been getting a lot of prayers answered and so forth. That is the Holy Spirit doing that. I'm just, the Holy Spirit is speaking to me, through me. And if I allow the Spirit to speak through me, then God will now confirm what he's saying and increase you in wisdom in understanding and in knowledge. But if it's coming from my intellect, then there's no condition now that for God to work because he's only going to move according to his own word. And it says here, Deuteronomy 34, verses 9. Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 34, verses 9, it says, And Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom. So he was imparted with this wisdom. For Moses had laid, laid his hands upon him. All he did was lay his hands upon him. And the children of Israel hearkened unto him and did as the Lord commanded Moses. Now we know that the children of Israel were not easy people to deal with. So without some supernatural abilities that were now in Joshua, there was no way they were going to submit to his leadership. They were already rebelling against Moses at multiple occasions. And God had to actually, you know, take out some of them because of their rebellion. Here's a scripture that says that the earth opened its mouth and it actually swallowed some of those people that um, decided to, you know, come against Moses and in the position that God had put him in. So Moses laying on hands on Joshua was important, both for Joshua and for the whole congregation of Israel. By the, by the act, 
By this act, Moses transferred to Joshua a measure of the wisdom and honor which he had received from God. Moses also confirmed to the people God's selection of Joshua as the new, as the new leader. So that obviously Moses was well respected. They knew that Moses was a servant, a prophet of God, and so forth. So if Moses was now in turn um, anointing Joshua, speaking words over Joshua, then the people could actually trust Moses, their leader's judgment, understanding that if he's doing this, he must have heard from God. So that gave credibility to, to Joshua because the, the Lord was actually going to be asking them to do a lot. And they, they were going to need a leader that was truly a man of God, a truly a man that was actually hearing from God, which is something that we need to uh, make sure that we're doing in our own lives. I, I meet people all the time, and um, I, I don't want to be too... I don't want to attack any church. So I'm not talking about any particular church, but I meet people all the time that they're not getting the spiritual food that they need. But then they tell you about their commitment that they have to the church that they're going. Not to the Lord, you know, to the church. And, and I'm thinking that is just ridiculous because you wouldn't have, if, if you paid all your money to go to York University and then you go over there and they're just not teaching you what you need uh, to learn and the teachers are just like, you know, bugging off in the middle of the, the um, class, and you're thinking, oh, what am I doing? I already owe the government for all the student loan. They're wasting. How am I going to pay it back? You wouldn't stay there. So how how, would, how is it that from uh, when you're under the leadership in a church that is not feeding you the spiritual food so you can be successful in your life, why are you going to stay there and waste 10 years, 20 years? Some of these people stay there 20 years, 10 years, 20 years, and say they're loyal. There's another word I got for that lawyer to put in there, but I won't use it on this podium, okay? We'll talk about it some other time. <laughs> so uh, we also, in the New Testament, the New Testament records five general purposes for the laying on of hands. Jesus practiced laying on of hands in his ministry. And in Mark 6, verses 5, it says, He laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. Luke 4.40, it says, Now when the sun was setting, he, he, all the, they that had any sick with diverse diseases brought them unto him, and he, and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. That's Luke 4.40. And, and in Luke 13, verses 13, it says, And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. This is a woman that was bound, bound for 18 years by a demon. And Jesus casted off that demon off of her. How many times have we been, you know, known people that are that have been sick, even unto death, and they're sometimes mutilating their bodies at the hospitals, trying to get them. I mean, they're gonna sometimes they're it's not even gonna save their life, but they do so many different things there, in, in trying to help them. But we know that God can actually heal you, and that's where we should be extending our faith. We're talking about last. Um, Two, two uh, Sundays ago, we spoke about faith towards God. So when it comes down to your healing, where is your faith? Is it at the hospital? Because if I get sick in my body, the first thing I do is pray. I ain't going to the hospital unless the Lord tells me to go. In other words, and I have a, I, I've, except for a bout of um, food poisoning, I've not been to the ho uh, hospital in all of my life. Just the dentist. I don't really go for checkups. And they're telling me about, oh, you know, when you get to a certain age, you're going to do all of that type of stuff. I'm like, that does not apply to me. That's not to say that if the Lord uh, tells me to go, I wouldn't go, because I'm not saying that the Lord uh, can't send you to doctors, right? 
But that's not my go-to move. But for my, the first thing I'm going to do is pray. Most people, the first thing they do is think about the doctor. And that's where their faith is. But then we, we, we learn about um, in Scripture, you know, you have to be one single-minded when it comes on to receiving from God. This is why I'm so militant in my mindset. It's not to be, to, to pretend like my will is strong and powerful. No, 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 no. It's that the Bible says that a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. <clears throat> so why should I incorporate um, double thought? Or should I go to the hospital or should I go to the doctor? First of all, I don't want them like mutilating my body, cutting me you know surges and all of that type of stuff and actually my son on two different occasions and the only reason why i took him to the doctor's because i was praying for him was because he was in so much pain so i had to uh okay i have to take him to the doctor but they said that his um his appendix was rupturing and that and that and on two occasions the family doctor told us that that this was what was happening and we have we needed to take him to the um emergency right away and we did but I was driving with one hand on the wheel on both occasions and another in the back. And I'm praying for him the whole time. And I'm saying, Lord, you know, they have never put any knife on my skin. Like, let them not put any knife on his skin. I beg you. And then, on both occasions, we took him up there and they ran him through that uh, scanner, whatever it is. And by the time he, you know, it was time, it was like nothing. They didn't see anything. And they sent us back home and the, the pain subsided. So, in other words, the Lord might not have healed them when I when I was praying for him in the car or at home, but I still trust in God until the end. That's because I know that I know that, I know that God is in heaven. I know that He's seeing the pain that He's in. There is no way you can have your child and, and they're going through, going through pain and you're not um, there concerned. And God is way better than us. So I put my trust in Him and He came through. In His final message to the disciples at the close of His earthly ministry. Jesus listed supernatural signs which were accompanied by the preaching of the gospel. We need, we need that supernatural. We need to begin to believe. You know, when I'm praying for people, I'm, I'm putting myself on the line, praying for people. I'm saying that I'm going to believe that God for your healing, right? I, as far as I'm concerned, as a believer in Jesus Christ, I'm doing what the Lord asked me to do. Whether or not the poor come to heal that um, person, it has nothing to do with me. But I'm going to extend my faith. That's what we're supposed to do. That's the only way you're going to see people, people beginning to get healed. And then if, the, if you encounter someone that is ill and you're trying to preach Jesus Christ to them and they're not listening to you, but then they're, maybe they have a, you know, a broken foot or some type of a sickness or something that you can see where you can pray. It doesn't have to be for healing. It could be in another area of your life. But if you have faith and you begin to extend that faith and then now they see a supernatural turnaround, you can bring them into believing into believing faith. And that's what Jesus was doing. In other words, if he had just gone and just preached, and then God did not perform signs, wonders, and miracles, then why would what would be the reason for people to believe? It had to, there had to be more evidence. So Mark 16, 17 to 18. Mark 16, 17 to 18. It says, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. In my name. In other words, now this we have to be careful of, right? In my name, in the name of Jesus Christ, you have to be a believer. You have to be a follower of Jesus Christ. You cannot just begin to say, oh, you know, the Jesus that Andrade um, is preaching. Like they did with Paul's case. We read uh, a few weeks ago. So we have to have our personal relationship 
and faith in Jesus Christ and then being led by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will initiate you when you're supposed to be praying for people. I'm not saying that you're going to pray for everybody. The Holy Spirit will guide you into that. <clears throat> they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. See, if, if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. You, you can be out, outside ministering, and they're trying to poison you, and the poison just it has no effect on you. These are the promises that are in the, in the Scripture of God. Why, why are we putting so much um, faith in uh, hospitals? Why are we putting so much faith in our retirement, in RRSPs, and, and um, all of these different... I'm not saying those, those things are bad, and you should do that. But it's just that you understand that God is your source. So the laying on of hands in the name of Jesus is used to minister physical healing to the sick. The person who places his hand on one who is sick transfers the supernatural healing power of God. Sometimes the sick person actually feels the power of God in his body. I have actually prayed for people and um, I felt the power of God actually came come through my hand. And as a matter of fact, you know, that those times when my son had those experiences with the Lord, uh, I actually felt the power of God on me. And then the, the Holy Spirit actually prompted me to call him. Because God, you know, the Lord had called us into a ministry that was going to be very supernatural. And the Lord had told us that there were a lot of people going to be healed and different supernatural things. I rather some of them manifest before I talk, before I talk about them. But then the Lord uh, allowed us to um, begin to experience the power and what it felt like. And I knew it. I had a knowing. Just like oh, you can have uh, intellectual understanding, you can have spiritual understanding. So I knew that this power was on me. And I knew what was going to happen to him when I took Well, I didn't know the experiences he was going to come into, but I knew he was going to come into some experience. And I told him before I laid hands on him that something's going to happen to him now. And then with this understanding, with this clarity, I laid hands on him and he fell over. And he, he was bouncing off the, off the floor like a, like a ball, just like, and I did it. I literally, every time I worshiped, this power would come back. It was there for a season. After a while, it lifted. But I knew what, also what God was doing because I was studying the power of God, studying the anointing at that time. I actually had a, a bunch of tapes by Rodney Howard Brown, which is a very anointed man of God. And I believe the same anointing that he had on him, it came on me. And that's when that, these things begin to happen. And that's when my son had uh, several encounters with Jesus Christ. And, you know, he was seeing angels and, and stuff like that. And people were scared. And I'm thinking, yeah, um, I, listen, there was absolutely no fear. I would do this thing to him every day. And I was actually doing it a little bit too much until after a while. I said, maybe I shouldn't do this anymore. Maybe the Lord doesn't want me to do this anymore. But it was so fun because he was um, encountering angels and all that type of stuff. So this laying off hands, I didn't even get this thing. I was doing this thing before I even had the understanding of it. Sometimes people just get really caught up in scripture. Let me read everything they're looking for in the Bible. I know people like that. They, they go, okay, let me see if it's in the Bible. And they keep looking. Let me see if it's in the, in, in the Bible. And you should do that. But, you know, we don't want to get that, um, uh, become like the Pharisees. They knew the Bible more than anyone and they were the most impotent. When it comes down to spiritual things, they were useless. And they clashed, and Jesus, the Lord clashed with them. So I don't want to have that. I want to bear fruits. And that's the idea. So that's why we're taking these truths that are written in Scripture and uh, putting them in our lives, implying, uh, implementing them in our lives. 
So, you know, the timing of healing varies. Sometimes complete healing is received instantly as soon as hands are laid on the sick. But in other times, healing comes gradually. There's a story in Mark 8, 22 to 25, about Jesus actually praying for a blind man. And uh, he spat on the ground and he made mud and he wiped it in the blind man's eye. And the blind man said, I actually see men walking as trees. In other words, he didn't have um, perfect vision as yet. So Jesus prayed again. And then the man saw clearly. The idea is you can pray for someone and then they don't necessarily get healed right in front of you. It could be a two days after. It could be a month after. But if you pray the prayer of faith, when someone is praying the prayer of faith over you, you must receive it at that moment and then continue to believe that this thing could happen. I actually read a story uh, about Smith Wigglesworth, which is one of my, um, it was this English preacher. I think he's either back in the 1800s or 1900s. And he was militant when it comes on to um, sicknesses and, and so forth like that. He would literally um, raise the dead. I think what, there's one one testimony that I, in, one, in one of God's generals that I have here, where he actually took a dead man out of a coffin to, and put him to stand up against a wall. I mean, this is hard to believe for some people too, right? But he did it, and then the man slid down. Like the man slid down like a dead man should do, like on two different occasions. And he did it the third time, and I think he slammed the man in the chest. And the man came back to life. That man was um, crazy. He's, even when his wife died, he raised her back from the dead. It was a fight between him and, and him and Jesus because he told the Lord that, nope, and the Lord is saying, she's mine, and he kept on raising her back. Do you think? Do you guys think that these things are these things are actually happening? And we're not seeing we're, these things are not being and these things are actually happening today, and they're not on the news. The news media is promoting something else. You have to do your research into the things of God because the earthly system is not promoting Jesus Christ and His message. It's only through His body. If CNN, um, Fox News, are any one of those Canadian stations change their tune for one month and say, let's go and begin to um, broadcast just supernatural healings. Let's just stop focusing on the political issues <coughs> and then go and look for biblical things. That we, I mean, the world would be different. There would be a great exchange in terms of... Um, people's faith, but they're never going to do it because there's a, they're looking for what, whatever is going to pay the money. And in doing so, they're actually brainwashing most people out there. We're just feeding on those things. This thing is not building up your faith. It's not talking about the truth of God's word or anything like that. This is just for material gain. This is just for uh, their own agenda, which is the devil's agenda, because he's the one that is the prince of the ear. If he's the prince of the ear, that means he manipulates all of the systems having to do with um, media, the radio waves. That's what, that's what that means. So the book of Acts records how God used the laying on of hands by believers to perform miraculous healings and other supernatural signs confirming his word. And if we read Acts 14 verses 3, it says, Long time, long time therefore abode they speaking boldly in the Lord which gave testimony unto the word of his grace and granted signs and wonders to be done by their hands. See, uh, Acts 5 verse 12 
says, and by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. Among the people. So we, we see here, you know, the thing with the, the apostles, why is it that they were able to do these signs, wonders, and miracles? Why is it that the, the power of God flowed through them? And that's why we're going through these foundational things. Because they were totally given to the Lord. They were totally subjected to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. They were totally being led by the Holy Spirit. They were not doing their nine to five jobs, uh, uh, operating in, in, by carnally nine to five, and then, you know, in the evenings and on Sundays they do the, this Christian thing on the side, which is what most of us are doing, right? They, that's not going to get the power to come down. You have to give yourself fully to God for anything to happen. All of God's um, promises are conditional upon obedience 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 that that's what we're we're saying here this can happen for you you can have the um you can decide to change your life today let me go you know if this jesus is real if he's the one that uh, that put the sun on the moon because this is all simplistic i think if he's the one that created the heaven and the earth that sun that comes up and shine down here that moon right if, if he's the one that created this and i can have a relationship with him then i gotta i have to figure this out I got to begin to pray to him. I got to begin to talk to him. I got to begin to ask him to, oh, what about Andrade? I'm asking him about me. This is the way I say, what about me? Because too many people have too many testimonies. I'm not, I'm not um, among that list. So I couldn't, it was becoming unbearable to me. And all this understanding and this revelation was hitting my brain. And I considered myself an intelligent being. So what am I going to take this um, news and do, and do with it? I'm going to act. This is, this is what we want uh, everybody to do. Begin. Don't do it in a haphazard way. Because in your profession, if you act haphazardly, you're not going to be very successful. Treat it with the same urgency that you would treat your job. And God understand that you, you need to, to work and you need to pro provide and so forth like that. But, I mean, we can't watch uh, TV for the rest of the night and then go, go and do these things that we're reading that others are doing. The apostles back then, they never really had the distraction of TVs and Twitter and Instagram and all of these type of things. And Netflix, you see why they were so much more powerful than us. Because once we come home and after we do our dinner and so forth like that, now it's it's uh, lazy boy time. And no, no, you're not going to get up with your lazy boy, boy cheer after two hours and go raise no dead. Uh -uh. The, only, the only thing you're going to do is have to lay the dead in the grave. <laughs> Uh, read from Acts 9, verses 17. It says, And Ananias went his way and entered into the house, and putting his hand upon him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, had sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. I wonder why is it that God chose Ananias? I, I guess Ananias was a praying man. I guess Ananias was being led by the Spirit. I guess Ananias was, had subjected his life to Jesus Christ. So when God was looking for a man to go lay uh, uh, hands on Saul of Tarsus, he was, who was it? Ananias. So when the Lord needs somebody to get healed uh, in London, I pray it's my door that he knocks on, right, Kim? Amen. Right? Mm -hmm. and, 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 and in your area, if you're praying and you're reading and you're fellowshiping the Holy Spirit and being obedient to God, who is it that he's going to call on? Sooner or later, he's going to say, oh, yeah, Charmaine, it's your goal today. Andrew, it's your goal. Get over to so-and-so and lay hands on that person, and I'm going to heal that person. Mm -hmm. And you're going to come back so excited. This is for all of us, right? Mm -hmm. This is the this is the excited. Because, you know, 
if I get if I buy a, um, something material, it might excite me for a while. But if the Lord used me to like heal someone or save someone, that's when I get excited. Yeah, that it's very very exciting. It's an adventure, and every day is supposed to be an adventure in this because the Holy Spirit, you know, God does not take time off. He's even working when we're sleeping. Acts two twenty eight verses eight. That's no Acts twenty eight verses eight. It says. And it came to pass that the father of Pubilus lay sick of a fever and a bloody flux. I was reading, I was like, what is a bloody flux? I never heard, I never heard it. I was uh, looking at the meaning of this, it's uh, like internal bleeding. So here it is that the person was um, sick uh, having and bleeding on the inside. To whom Paul entered in and prayed and laid hands on him and healed him. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Instead of mourning at their funerals. And trying to speak words over them that are not even true. Go and heal the person. Pray for them that they that they'll get healed. That's what we're supposed to be doing. And if they get healed, they would get saved in that moment. Many times, people that are lost eternally, they're um, uh, you know, sending them off with very um, eloquent words, uh, and all, and then lying a lot of the times about the life that they lived, trying to make you know make them look good, and that's all good. But if the, if that soul didn't was not saved. That's why I'm not too quick to go to funerals. I'm like, call me before they're dead. Let me pray. Let me let me get on my knees and roll and ask God to save them. Physically. And give them salvation into heaven. That's when I want to do my work. I don't want to let the dead bury the dead. I don't want to lay too many people in the grave. That's why I'm praying. I, I'm, I'm actually asking. I, I hope the Lord sometimes asks you to do challenging things, right? I'm actually hoping that the Lord in my ministry don't ask me to bury people or, or, or think they're at funerals. I, I have my... I, and a few people on here that if they continue with us uh, in the ministry and anybody anybody died i'm going to ask them to conduct the funeral arrangements <laughs> because you know that's not my area i'd rather go i'd rather go win the loss send me to uh, china send me to russia let me go uh, let me go um win the loss and somebody else can go um you know go through all of this uh trauma of sending out people down into the grave he said that paul said that um god did not call him to um baptize but to preach the gospel right when they were saying that well, was this one baptizing Paul and this one baptizing this person, and the same thing here, you know, we want to focus on uh, winning winning people to the um, to Christ, and then we can send them back to your old church where nothing is happening and they can bury you if you die. <laughs> I know I'm a little bit um, <laughs> my language is not exactly your your priest on the street, eh? But you know what? I'm I'm waiting on the Lord to rebuke me. So far, no Jesus. But I, I know a lot of people that have, have a little problem with it. But then I go before the Lord and say, is this from you? And the Lord is silent. And I will change really quick. So I guess it's your opinion. And I'm not interested in people's opinion. I'm just trying to uh, do what God has called me to do. Acts 18, ver 8, verses 18 states that through laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Ghost was given. And in Damascus, and Ananias laid his hands on Saul that he might receive his sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Laying on of hands is not the only way people receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit like we um, spoke about last week. In the upper room in Jerusalem and in the house of Cornelius, people receive the experience without anyone laying hands on them. We saw that no, no, no one laid hands on the, on the disciples when so many of them were in the upper room and they had that experience. So it's not necessarily uh, something that... Um, happens all the time another one is imparting spiritual gifts 
another purpose for the laying on of hands is to impart spiritual gifts. My seven came on several different occasions. We were hands were laid on us when um, they were um, anointing us for ministry. And one of the first times that happened to me was when I was actually at Verbal Church. And I think myself and Eliana was both anointed that day. And we were anointed with a mantle for prayer. And I noticed at that time that my prayer life actually changed. And from that time, I began to pray for people and they would begin to get healed. I would pray before that, but after that, that day, I pray with a lot more confidence and a lot more results. And that um, just encouraged me to continue to do so. First uh, Timothy 4.14, it says, Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy, with the laying, hand, laying on of the hands of the presbytery. So the gift, you hands are laid on you. You're imparted with a, a, um, an ability to pray, to intercede. And now you have to begin to pray and intercede. You're imparted with an ability to heal people. You got to heal people. The, you're anointed to become an evangelist. Then you got to go on the street and begin to speak to people. You have to be activated now. This is where, this is where um, I've been. Um, I was talking this week to a few people and so forth like that, and just saying, listen, we need to get on the road. If you're not, if you're not hearing from God, it means that you have to ask the Lord, what is it that you should be doing? Because you cannot be imparted with, I mean, if you get money, what do you do? I mean, you don't take the whole thing every time and put it in the bank. There are a few things that you're going to buy. Right? If you get a car, that thing has to be on the road. You get a boat, you got to go on the water. Right? So when you get spiritual gifts, they're for a purpose, they're for a reason. Because God wants us to minister to others. If you have a, um, not only if you have a particular gift, let's say you have a gift to healing, to heal, then you're, that might be your area. But that does not mean that every, every believer cannot pray for someone to be healed. If you're on here, no, and someone is ill. Well, here we go again. Uh, if you're on here, no, I'm not, I'm not really liking this at all. I look like, uh, uh, let, let's see if we can correct this. Give me a second. Praise God for that. I'm telling you, you never know what you're going to get with this thing. But we're just going to keep calm through the storm and keep um, hammering the word of God home, right? And the devil ain't going to win this battle any day. So uh, uh, another one is commissioning Christian workers. And if we read Acts 13, 24, it says, The Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on, the, on them, they sent them away. So they, being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed unto Seleucia, and from thence by, they sailed to Cyprus. The Bible indicates that God had already spoken privately to Paul and Barnabas concerning a special work that he had for them. And the public revelation was a confirmation of the call they had already received. So God had spoken to them privately. That he had a, a special work for them, and then he had announced it, uh, had, uh, someone prophetically announced it in the church over them. And the leaders did not send Paul and Barnabas on their way immediately. They took time for prayer and fasting. The sending forth of these men, of these two men, was completed by the laying on of hands by the leaders. So they laid hands on them, and then they, uh, in other words, they commissioned them to go do a special work that God had reserved for them. Paul also laid hands on Timothy to commission him, as we previously read in um, 
2 Timothy 1, verses 6. He said, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. And in Acts 6, 16, it says, Whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. So I think we have um, <laughs> enough scriptures to validate the ministry of the laying on of hands. And this is very, very exciting. And, and, and these truths are supposed to pierce our um, understanding and empower us in that moment when we are before that person who is actually suffering. This is why we're, we're actually doing this, because, you know, God um, has put the love and the care, you know, just a, a desire to see people be healed, see salvation come to people. And we have actually committed our life our lives to do to do this we want to see people saved we're down here in london and i know london for example uh, we've been praying a lot for london we've been praying now nearly two years we have been praying for the city of london praying for the um people that are suffering on the streets we're praying for the um the drug issues that are here uh, we're praying for the lost and this is why god brought us down here we're sticking to to that calling we want to really truly see um truly see people be saved, be healed, come into the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And there's a price to pay for that, a price of commitment. And I believe, and, I, and the Lord had already showed us, he has showed us a lot of what he's going to do. But those prophetic words cannot also fail if we don't respond accordingly. We, we have to observe everything that is written in Scripture. And we have to be led by the Holy Spirit. Even um, this zoom conference that we started online here with you guys was the holy spirit we did not go okay you know i'm gonna we could have done that in march but the lord had to speak to us before we would do something like this and and since we've been on here many people have um, been experiencing the power of god in their lives it's very very um it's not I'm not saying following jesus christ is the easiest thing but it's a beautiful thing because if I'm walking, if I'm walking with the God that created that heaven and the earth, man, it's, you know, we can do it. He's empowering us to do it. So we want this, we want people to catch a fire for Jesus Christ. Understanding that he loves you. Mm -hmm. Understanding that he has a plan for your life. He has a plan for every area of your life. When you give your life to Jesus Christ, he's not going to tell you to um, necessarily go and give away all of your money. You don't have to be... Um, poor to be a follower of Jesus Christ. I have no intention of becoming poor. As a matter of fact, I'm asking the Lord to give me millions. Right? And actually, he's putting that um, he's putting that desire on our heart. He's, the Lord will actually begin to talk to you about finances after a while. When it means nothing to you. When you give it up for him. These are the people that he wants to bless. That has him as number one. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and all of his righteousness. And all these things will be added. That, this is why we're here on the earth. We're only here to um, have a relationship and a fellowship with God. We need to go back to why it is that we, why is it that we were created? Understanding who created us and why he created us to have fellowship relationship mm -hmm. with us. And the enemy that interjected himself in this relationship and caused all of this pain and this trauma and all of these, you know, just since when we even look up uh, at what's happening on the news, it's like a lot of um, suffering 
and this has been through generations it's been for thousands of years and it's not getting better there's just like only way it can get better is through jesus christ that's the only way we can do is lead people to jesus christ and let him let him do a work in them he's the only one that can save he's looking for people who are committed to him who love the lord your god with all your heart soul mind and strength That's what this thing is about. It's about committing to Jesus Christ. He'll take care of he, he will take care of your physical needs. It's very evident that he um he has made provision for that. When you see how much land space is there, they're still finding all different type of treasures, minerals, oil under the earth. It's just um so much that God has um all these things was put in the earth when God created the earth. But we're we're studying how is it that this kingdom operates. How is it that we get results by Lord allowing Jesus Christ to be Lord? Jesus said, I do nothing unless I see my father do it first as a man. But we know he went through the same process that we did, that we spoke about last week. He was baptized by John the Baptist and then the spirit came. He was filled with the spirit. And that's how he was able to see the things that his father was asking him to do. That's how he was able to heal all those people or give words supernaturally would come into information concerning people that he was talking to you can these things these are gifts that are given to the church but they are not going to come on you when you are an unbeliever or when you are um i don't want to the strong word is that being hit up hypocritical like you're not truly subjected to the lordship of jesus christ we used to go to church and then you want us to see these signs wonders and miracles happen and it does not happen consistently like that another reason is that the dedication of infants so it is not scriptural to baptize infants as we said last week as they cannot repent or believe or believe which are the requirements for baptisms but through the laying on of hands infants can be dedicated and committed to the to god's protection guidance and blessings and a scripture to affirm that is mark 10 verses 16 and it says and he, Jesus, took them up in his arms, put his hands upon them, and blessed them. Now we have, how do you read that and then, uh, and then go baptize kids? The Catholic Church baptizes uh, kids. You, you, you meet grown adults outside and you ask them if they, are, they have been baptized. They, they go, yes, I go, when? Or when I was a baby. Somebody burned into smoke up all the kids' um, lungs and then um, sprinkled water over their forehead and told them that they're baptized. Where is it in the scripture? Where is this in the scripture? I mean, how do you read with um, half a brain and come to these conclusions? It's mind-boggling. It's not that um, hard to figure out. And when you begin to get in the scripture for yourself, you see that the Lord laid it out, that there would be no confusion. The New Testament provides a word of caution regarding laying on of hands. And this is something that we have to be really careful of. It says uh, in 1 Timothy 5.22, it says, Do not be in a hurry to... Do not be in a hurry in the laying on of hands. And this is, this is especially in regards to imparting spiritual gifts. I know a lot of people are praying for an anointing. They want to be anointed because they see a, a person um, praying for people and healing people in the name of Jesus Christ. And they want that anointing because they want to be seen. They want, to, they want that power. But if, you're, if the person is not mature, then they should not be empowered to be operating in the ministerial calling. Because they're going to use the, the ministry for personal use. And as a matter of fact, it can become very, very dangerous. So you have to vet like you would your doctor. 
or your accountant or anyone that you're going to use for a service that you're going to pay, you, you'd have to vet them. You have to vet who is it that you're going to have as your minister? Who is it that uh, is going to teach you? Who is it going to impart you? That's going to impart you. And, and if you're um, operating as a minister, you have to operate with the same wisdom in, in terms of the people that you are anointing and laying hands on to pray with you, to minister with you on the same platform. Or then another thing is that you have to know, because you can actually open up yourself. If someone lays hands on you and that person um, is, is um, operating by, uh, you know, an evil spirit, they can actually impart you with an, with an evil spirit. So this, is a, this has to be done with wisdom. And we know believers, what is it that are supposed to lay, um, lay hands on people? Believers. Mark 16, 7 to 18, it says, These signs shall follow them that believe. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So you have to be a believer in Jesus Christ. The qualification of, qualifications of true believers have been discussed in the previous chapters. So it, it, we, not, we are gone through uh, repentance like i was saying and if i mean we are we have them on the website if you want to go back if you missed any and you're interested in going back and finding out any other foundational things that we discussed we have them um thanks station for um, putting them on the website so you can uh, li listen to them on spotify or uh, there are a couple other podiums there uh, and in Acts 8, 18, it says, uh, I mean, obviously the, the apostles and the disciples, they can, um, they can um, lay hands too. Simon saw that through laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Ghost was given. Acts 8, verses 18. And, and in Acts 9, 17, it says, A certain disciple named Ananias, putting his hands on him, be, said, Be filled with the Holy Ghost. So the disciples. So why is it that we have so many people um, out there that are, that are sick and in, in in praying for people this is a very another caution in praying for people that are sick we have to minister by the holy spirit because you know a lot of times sometimes we want, we want someone to get healed but the first thing that they should re receive is salvation and sometimes if sin is causing that person to be ill or, or they have been afflicted because they're in sin and the, and the enemy has a legal right to be causing sickness to be in their body and then we're praying for them to be healed then they could literally get healed and go back into that same behavior so we want to minister on two different levels we want to minister salvation we want to minister in case by the spirit myself and kim we always pray two prayers like i always say two prayers i'm praying that the lord would reveal to me why is it that this person has this um illness in their body like when you take your car to the mechanic does he just take all the wheels off and and take the engine out without diagnosing what, where the problem is. It doesn't, it, it, we, so we don't want to just generalize. We want to be specific and find out why is, it, why is this condition in the person. And the Holy Spirit can reveal why this um, condition is in that person. And then, no, in some cases, the person might have to, it could be a, a case where the person needs to repent. It could be where the person is in sin and the Lord is saying, uh, you, you can't do that anymore. You got to repent. So you have to lead them in that first and then you pray for their healing because principalities and power they operate based on legalities that mean if they're affecting your body they're doing it legally and you want to find out that means you're transgressing the word of the lord in some area of your life or you're just not or, or you're or just allowing your your spirit life to really go down and the enemy is attacking you 
So we want to pay attention and not make this only be about healing people. The most um, important thing is that a person is, uh, has salvation. And yes, the Lord wants them to walk in hell. But th this is what um, you can do when you begin to minister by the Holy Spirit. So you're praying with a person or someone asks you to pray, and then you begin to have an inkling. You begin to have a feeling. And you go, why is this? I usually trace. I go, when did this issue start in your body? And begin to trace back to see why, what um, initiated this um, open door so the enemy is attacking you. I'm not saying that it's always that because sometimes you pray, pray for people and they will get healed right away. But you have to minister by the Holy Spirit to understand what is actually going on with the person. Because you don't want people to um, only get healing and not get salvation. And then if, if, I, if you teach a man to fish, you don't have to give him a fish every day. So people need to understand why is it that they came into this position in the first place. Was it a sin that they know if I go back there, this is what is what could potentially happen to me? And that this is the the wisdom that is um in the word of God that we need to sub subscribe to. And then we now can go and free the people that are around us mm -hmm. with this wisdom. So you know, uh, I hope this uh, message uh, empowered you. And um, like I said, you can go back uh, if, if there's anyone that you need that you missed. And then take it on the streets. Take it uh, any any time I come across anyone that is sick. I'm I'm, I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna minister to them on some level. So yeah, uh, right on time. That's the message for today. And we're gonna you know op open some time. We're gonna open some time for prayer at the end. I'm just gonna allow Kim to say something now. Okay. Um, what I wanted to share was um, what Andrade spoke on the laying on of hands and five of those purposes which he mentioned but i just want to mention them back to back is uh the supernatural sign the baptism of the holy spirit the imparting of spiritual gifts and the commissioning of the christian workers and the dedicating of the babies and um in thinking about this i just have a testimony that i would like to share uh regarding something that happened yesterday so I was on the street most of the time um, for most of the half of yesterday, just getting the kids ready for back to school and so forth. So I came in and just got Andrade something to eat and just getting ready now to just relax and just, you know, enjoy the rest of the day. And then Caleb came through the door and he's saying, oh, mommy, somebody in the neighborhood, they're crying. They're walking around saying they're looking for their, their dog. So I went out there and just to find out, you know, what's going on. And then she was crying and she said she lost her puppy. And then I came in and then I mentioned to Andrade, oh, she lost her puppy. And I'm like, okay, I hope they find their puppy. I'm going to go back and lay down and enjoy myself. And then all of a sudden, it's like I felt this prompting. It's like, oh, I know this. And then Andrade got up. I'm like, okay, I know this resting thing is not going to happen today. So um we started to get ready to go help because that's what we we felt that lord wanted us to help and then i'm like oh lord really like everything that happened in this neighborhood like why do we have to get involved like you know it the police you know it could get looked after like why do we have to get involved and the lord pretty much showed me that you know everything that's happening it's your business and you have to get involved so I'm like, okay, Jody said, okay, let's pray before going out. And then this is one of the things that he was talking about with the laying hand of hands. So the minute he touched me to pray, right, right away, I just started to see things. And then he prayed, I longed to finish. And then he's like, did you get anything? 
And I'm like, the dog is in the house. That's what the Lord showed me. The dog is in the house. And then, <laughs> so I'm like, everybody's walking around and the Lord showed me that the puppy was in the house. So I told him and then he went and then he found the lady and then he's like, did you search the whole house? You look around to make sure that, you know, he wasn't there. And she's like, yes, I did. I did. And, you know, like sometimes because of the passion and whatever is going on in your mind, you know, sometimes you don't give that listening ear sometimes when the Holy Spirit is trying to speak to you. Right. Just to say, slow down, calm down and listen. So anyway, just to appease her, we just walked around a little bit anyway. And then we came back and then Andrade went back and said, you know, I can go check if they caught up to whatever is going on that the dog is in the house so i'm like we went over there and we said did you guys find that you're like the dog was in the house i'm like no kidding and the, <laughs> so, the, the police was, uh, car was driving around looking for this dog yeah so it was funny so sometimes you know with the gifting it's just sometimes the lord put it there just for edification sometimes you'll be speaking with your words but sometimes they want to see the supernatural just like what he was saying here the lena fan sometimes the supernatural need to be stirred and we need to just activate that part also when it comes down to the laying hands of hands laying on of hands so just wanted to share that amen praise god for that uh okay so if you want to obviously if someone want to share something we'll open it up so you can share Everybody's on mute, so I think you can give a wave or something. Or if you, you want to... Unmute yourself. Or, yeah, or unmute yourself. And if you have a prayer request, you can just type it in the chat. I think there might be something in the chat. Let me see. Uh, uh, yeah, so if you mm -hmm. if you have a prayer request, just uh, type it in the chat. Mm 